Welcome to Season 9 of Retrain Your Brain for Success with me, psychologist Dr. Audrey Tang. This season is a special guest season where I get inspired by the ideas and innovations from well-being experts and advocates, as well as reflect with them on their experiences and how they have been able to dig deep within themselves in order to flourish. In this episode, I'm learning about the benefits of laughter and a positive mindset, not just to connect us, but to help us rebuild when things get tough. And I am delighted to welcome business change consultant, competitive ballroom dancer, and stand-up comic Gordon Michik to the show. Welcome to Retrain Your Brain for Success, Gordon. Thank you for having me. Lovely to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. Now, Gordon is a leader in business strategy and transformational change. She has a multitude of industry experience and a consistent record of achievement across many disciplines. And when she isn't in the boardroom, you'll find her sparkling in the ballroom, giving Strictly a quick step for their money. And I've had the pleasure of watching her in stand-up, where she also offers the opportunity to performers through her group, The Balkan Comedy Bubble. We know that laughter does physically disturb the production of the stress hormone. So it does keep us feeling more relaxed. It is a bit of a workout because we're engaging our diaphragm and our abdominal muscles. But what for you specifically are the benefits of laughter and of stand-up in particular? The most significant benefit for me is actually that ability to reframe past experiences. We all go through emotional labor. And, you know, I know somebody who wrote the thesis on this particular subject. Could you be talking about? (laughs) Um, We all go through moments in our lives when we have to pretend everything is okay. We all go through the moments, even when somebody beeps at you at the traffic light, you know, you go, you kind of daydream and, you know, it can be particularly stressful. But to get rid of this package as soon as possible and not to offload it onto somebody else, but actually reframe it, repackage it. And that's where humor goes. If I was to take that stress and, um, um, you know, shout back, oh, what, you know, give me a moment. Come on, I'm just putting it into gear. It's not productive. It's not serving anybody. Reframing the past experiences and if you can laugh about it, you know that you're on the good way to be over it. I've heard there are nine key types of humour, ranging from deadpan to slapstick. Which ones do you enjoy and what is your personal style? Wow, um, what a powerful question. Um, you know, there, there are several. Um, I quite like the physical side, just somebody's comedy. Um, I, it's not my kind of preferred delivery style, but I love when people do this. For example, I saw Michael McIntyre. Um, I saw him in Top Secret Comedy Club, where the stage is so, so minuscule, and he wasn't allowed to kind of race it like he would at the Apollo, for example. And it totally changed the whole experience with Michael, you know, one of the top comedians, because his humor is so physical. He will actually carry out all these, you know, it's very, very physical. I love self-deprecating because uh, people are so, uh, um, you love them so much because it's so relatable. You know, we all have that kind of negative voices in our heads as long as they don't overpower but it makes them so humble and so loving and amiable. Um, I also love witty kind of wordplay. That is one of the, and it's, you know, especially, I mean, comedians are super, super intelligent. Um, And probably another reason why they're all so kind of depressed because they 
think of things so, so deeply mm. and they need comedy above all and more than anybody else. And observational as well. I think my favorite would be actually that wordplay and observational because you can actually do storytelling, you know, anything that you notice in real life. And it makes it so relatable. You know, everybody has an aunt who has this kind of weird views or, you know, I particularly like to joke about my dad who was who's the biggest feminist of all of them. And you've got dad who's the biggest feminist, you know, and always when you've got those powerful women in the audience, they will relate to this and you'll get such a laugh that you can almost tell who the daddy's girls are in the audience. The, the funniest, the nicest thing in, in comedy is actually you can just reflect. Now, Gordon, whilst you exude positivity, you have yourself been through a lot. So do you mind telling our listeners a little bit about your personal story and how you got through and how you're still working through, especially on some of the tougher days? Because I know we all have them. I, um, over the last few years, I suffered a great loss. Um, I lost um, my partner, my husband, Chris Land, who who died. And actually, I couldn't even bury him properly because we were in the middle of the lockdown. So we had to improvise the funeral. We had to do it as a virtual funeral. You know, when you're grieving mm-hmm. and you want to celebrate somebody's life, but you can't even have invite family because we are so scattered across five continents in the world. And we couldn't even see the grandma, you know, my mother-in-law die who lives in Derbyshire. And it was super, super hard. You know, it was, you know, do we risk our lives, you know, getting together as a family, breaking the rules, you know, it was completely out of the question. Or do we just wave to the coffin through our window? I mean, I felt the lowest of the lowest moments having such a great supportive network of people around me who immediately you know, a couple of them actually moved in they just just immediately realized you know i'm going to be there i'm going to be cooking i'm going to be cleaning and stuff and i'm i'm so fortunate that there's no kind of pecking order people just took over and as annoying as i found them sometimes <laughs> because i wanted to be left alone i was deeply touched and very very grateful but above everything i realized that they were reminding me but I've got responsibilities towards the living. I've got three teenage boys who lost their father. Mm. So I had to really quickly think of all the ways, all the tricks, all the tips that I accumulated throughout my life to make myself as resilient as possible and reframe this experience. And, you know, and we are going to become badass at love. Do you know what? You love and you lose. But one thing that nobody can take away from you is the fact that you love and you will love. And that is super powerful. And there is a gap, but that gap in that loss, and I think I even put it on the video, which we collated for Chris to say our final goodbye. I actually like asked the boys, let's go spend the next couple of weeks going through all the memories with daddy and accumulate this positivity reservoir that we call it. All the positive memories. There was once they said, oh, when daddy took a skiing and he took off peace and he got through the trees. And I'm like, was it funny? And they said, yeah, it was funny. Daddy was a silly sausage to take us down there. And I'm like, we're using that show to them. You know, and it was it was actually, we had a video footage of that. And daddy being funny, doing some funny things at work because he used to do triathlons. And we just, and the only filter that we used was that that particular either photograph or video footage 
the, the kind of um, brought up positive emotions in us, giggles um, and happy memories. Because Daddy, even though he's gone, he wanted us to be happy and resilient and he wanted us to remember them in the best possible way. And, you know, now when you watch three minutes of that footage that we collated with the help of our friend, producer Renata, the boys are giggling. You know, I am crying my eyes out because I let them do this. You know, I'm crying my eyes out. I'm like, oh, you know, going through the whole feeling of loss. But the boys are like, oh, daddy was so funny there. And, stuff. and they did. They followed that brief right the way through. So what helped me, but also watching them and what my strength of just being able to issue this and focus them for two weeks when they didn't watch me cry my eyes out. They were focused on something positive and actually having this memory that we then shared with all our friends and family and it lifted them further and it was almost like this avalanche of positive feelings and celebration of Chris Land's life. It was super, super powerful and I realised that my responsibility, you know, regardless of the losses and stuff, is towards the living and, and that those that I've lost would actually, because Chris loved me so dearly and, and I loved him, he would not want me to spend a moment crying for him. He would want me to use in my comedy as material to laugh, to make people, other people, transcend their sadness and grief. He would want the boys to look up and, and you know, and I said, you know, he's part of you. You know, inside your DNA, there he is. And you are carrying all the best, best characteristics because that's what happens. You know, that's your evolution. You know, you are now badass at love and you are going to help all the other people. And actually, throughout that loss, my boys did one major, major change in their behaviors. All three of them now have a very, very close circle of friends, which is about a handful of friends, where before they were like social butterflies and stuff. But, you know, they've connected much deeply uh, with the, the fewer people that actually proved to be their rocks, that proved to be, be their support. So they're really valuing that. And they're also they're saying, you know what, all those people that are popular, they don't need any more friends. I don't need to be friends with them. I want to be friends with those people who don't have enough friends. Isn't that wonderful? So through the feeling of loss, they actually want to feel um, that other people who may be at a loss are gaining for them being in their lives. So wonderful around. And, and I use um, Chris's jokes, um, you know, anything that he said, uh, you know, um, I use it in my comedy. It helps me because I have that feeling he's still there, you know, spiritually. And, and, and I do feel he's still there and he's watching over us. And, and we're still very much, um, we're very much in love. I mean, I know eventually when I'm ready, I'm going to have another partner and, and I'm still young and, uh, you know, and it would be nice to have, but I'm just embracing that um, you know, it's it, it is a loss, and, and there is a gap there to remind me how lucky I was to have loved and been loved, and to be grateful for that. One of the big things that I notice when you're speaking is that you talk about transcending 
the grief and transcending the loss. It's not about repressing it or suppressing it or trying to ignore it. You have to hold it. You have to accept it and then be able to move through it or carry it with you in some way that that you can work with and then possibly even grow from. And I think that's really important. In psychology, we can recognize that humor is sometimes a defense mechanism. It can be an excuse. If I laugh at it, it means I'm not bothered by it, but actually I really am. It just means I don't want to talk about it. So <laughs> how might you support a comic maybe who you notice is using that dark humor a little bit too much, or you notice their humor's on the edge? What other sort of signs that you look for and what would you do to support them? Yes, uh, that thing happens with comic. It's the same thing like with hecklers. You know, hecklers, anybody who interrupts either business meeting or comedy show or any kind of show, it is a kind of attention seeking. And sometimes it can be quite a negative. It can be perceived as negative or dark, you know, comments can be. The number one thing is to address it immediately, not let it slip. That is the first thing. And actually, to avoid misunderstanding, it's actually really good to, if you have time, obviously, to ask questions. So what did you mean by that? So actually allowing them a chance to speak publicly. Now, at this point, they may shy away. They may actually raise a very, very valid point, And you've got to be a very skilled uh, facilitator to take it to either a joke and close it. Oh, all right, okay. Well, let's discuss that after the show. That sounds like a conversation with a couple of beers. Um, or, you know, they could already give you a kind of line out. So it, it is a bit risky because you are kind of opening up here and then very, very skilled comedians will immediately crack it into the joke and stuff. But you've got to maintain that a rule that there is no punching down. If the person is already down, and we are always aware of that status, low status, high status. If you're on stage, you're already higher status. So actually punching down at your audience is an absolute no-no. Regardless how many times we may see it, it is an absolute no-no-no. You've got to maintain their status and draw them out of that hole and, and keep the status higher. So almost diminish yourself at the expense of actually not being rude or insensitive to that person. At the end of the day, when somebody has the courage to raise a point and say something, that requires immense motivation, dedication. There is a passion behind it all. You just need to direct it in the more positive place and recognize them um, treat them as a human being. I've actually just been speechless. Somebody said, and there was no happy um, joke I could kind of draw out of that. I walked across the room and I gave them a hug and I got a standing ovation for that. But actually connecting on the human level and not ignoring them is the way forward. If you're skilled and you can do the wordplay and stuff, you can turn it into joke. At the end of the day, just saying thank you for sharing really good point okay it's not funny do you mind if we turn back to comedy now even if that's the best thing you can do let's chat afterwards i'm honored that you felt safe to share that with us now if we were only to focus on pleasant things in life we will ignore half of the things that help us grow that help shape us, that makes us much much better and more efficient and effective human beings so recognize that honesty in communication and take it on the chin and just be honest and, and, you know, and celebrate each other in the low and high moments. 
Yes, it's it's really all about connecting and comedy is just another way of being able to connect. And sometimes it's easier to connect by making something a joke first and almost testing the water. So I think that's a really, you've given me a very different perspective on comedy and how it works. And I, I'm going to have to think about how I can use that in, in psychology more as well. So Gordy, where can we get hold of you if we want to see you perform or want to engage more with you or chat with you? How can we reach you? Well, I'm uh, available on LinkedIn, obviously, uh, Gordana Micic MBA. Then I'm also on social media on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Godana Micic uh, Balkan Comedy Bubble. So that is my my own uh, comedy club. But I have recently started running Groovy Grove Comedy. And that is under the new branding. So that's kind of like merging the Balkan Comedy Bubble. Again, working with some of the Balkan people as well. And uh, just uh, follow us on social media. And I do hope they reach out and connect. It's been a wonderful space to actually discover that comedy and dancing have helped me appear less intimidating and appear more humble, more genuine, because, you know, there were moments when I tripped and I had to pick myself up. But more importantly, it's actually helped me develop so many people in engineering and project management because they've seen me try things, fail, try different things, myself up dust myself off and and it's so motivating so please do connect and that's all we have time for but for more positive psychology exercises check out my youtube channel dr audrey tang tools to drive visit my website www.draudreyt.com where you can also purchase copies of my books or alternatively join me on nlive radio tuesdays 9 p.m in the well-being lounge